fun. That's exactly what I think of when I think of we get to hang out together again. We're so glad that you are here. Welcome to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Hey, everyone. So excited to be with you today. Again, I, we, I say this often, but this is one of our favorite days of the week, and that's just because we get to be with you all. It really is, and it's something special to be able to stop and think about all the important things of life. I mean, life gets so busy and crazy, and if we don't stop and really ponder and consider how valuable valuable relationships are that God has given us, but also the truth of his word, man, we're going to miss so much. We're going to miss the moments that God has blessed us with. You know what life is, Travis? Life is school and it's full of lessons, both good, both bad. And every time we just open up our eyes and stop, man, we can see so many things and it's either through stories or just through conversations or through opening up the Bible or just different things that are happening in our life and just taking those and going, wow, we learn so much from that. And so that's what this episode is about today. We are excited to share something with you, just a story, just something that we you know, had, had happened to us, but then also just to encourage you along the way. Oh, completely. And I love that you said life is, is school. I didn't know where you were going to go with that, yeah. but it's so true. I mean, there, life has so much to teach us and really God uses the experiences right. or the people in our lives to teach us profound things, right. but he's mostly speaking through his word, the Bible. Well, I uh, want to throw myself under the bus. You and I, Don, a long time ago had fallen in love and we were starting to date. Um, you were, had just turned 16 and I, well, I guess maybe you were 16 and a half, 17 Yeah, I had to be 16 then. to date. So I was 16. Yep. That's true. That's true. And I was, I think, 18. I'd gotten a new car. Oh my gosh, it was gorgeous. Wasn't brand new. It was used, but it was new to me. And, and new I, to me too, compared to what we had had previously or people were driving. It was a nice car. Yeah, it was so nice. It was shiny. It was beautiful. I was young. I was in love with you, in love with my car. I bought really big tires, the expensive tires to put on my car. And so we would go out on these dates and I think we were dating maybe two times a week, something like that. We'd see each other at church and youth group on weekends. But I was working a job at the time where I'd wake up literally at 4, 4.30 in the morning and I would, we'd go on a date sometimes during the week at where I had to work the next day and I would drop you off at like 11 or midnight. Um, and I had to wake up at four or four. Yeah, we definitely weren't getting as much sleep as we probably should have compared to what we get now, but right. <laughs> we were just and, enjoying life, enjoying being together. And apparently I thought sleep was optional and there were yeah. some nights I just stayed up all I night. I wish it was optional. That'd be great. We'd have so much more time. Wouldn't that be great? That'd be amazing. <laughs> well, one night I dropped you off after a really fun long date and I headed home. Now I had to go, I think at that time, about 50 miles to get home. It was yep. a long drive. We lived quite a distance from each other. Yeah. And I remember um, heading home, but it was funny because I couldn't remember certain parts of the trip. I would suddenly, I would be here or I'd be there. And I knew I was, you know, getting a little bit tired. And then it happened. All of a sudden, everything went black and I felt so good. I mean, I was just relaxed and comfortable and warm and it was all black. And, and that's when I realized suddenly that I was flying through the air. 
like actually flying through the air. And I opened my eyes and I saw this huge sign. I was flying past it. It was an exit sign. And I had essentially at 60 miles an hour drifted off the road and went up into the air about maybe 15 feet in the air because there was uh, there was a drop off on the other side of this exit. And I'm flying through the air. I land on the ground and the wheels on my car immediately were bent out. And then the whole side of my car got completely creamed out. It was completely creamed <laughs> It was, it was horrible. horrible. You had just bought it not that long ago. And it's funny, I have to go back. I, you kept saying it was black. And the reason it was black at that moment is because your eyes were closed, right, Travis? Like, that's why you were relaxed. That's why it was black, because you couldn't see anything, because you closed your eyes and you fell asleep. That's exactly it. And that's <laughs> the funny thing is, I fell asleep. And when the car hit the ground, the wheels were bent. My brand new tires were shredded to nothing. And the whole side of my car destroyed. It was totaled. You know what's funny is actually it was only the whole right side of your car. When you looked at your car from the other side, it looked great. It looked perfect. You went around, you're like, oh my word, what happened to your car? Oh. <laughs> well, I never drove the same after no, that, it did didn't. it? it drove really badly. And you had badly. to keep driving it because that's all you had. So. It was horrible, embarrassing. And then I just got rid of it. But I tell that story because here's the funny thing. I was cruising along. And like you mentioned, Don, I didn't realize I had fallen asleep. Right. I was just suddenly in darkness and feeling good and relaxed and going, oh, this is so nice. And then I woke up and I'm flying through the air, destroying, demolishing my beautiful car that was worth a lot of money right. to an 18 yeah. year old kid. Anyway, the whole point of that story is that we kind of had, or I kind of had a similar experience recently. And I want to explain it like this. You Not see, with our cars. No. A different type of similar experience. <laughs> didn't drive our off. Our cars a, are in great shape. <laughs> didn't drive off the edge of a, you know, a big old jump on a, off the road or into a house or a business or anything like that. No, but the reason why I tell the story is because in the same way recently, I realized that I had been asleep spiritually, maybe for quite a while. Now, I want to clarify this. It wasn't anything like I was into addiction or doing all these bad things or, um, you know, what was completely out of control in my life. Or no. not spending time with God. You're still reading God's word, praying, everything. You were just in certain areas of your life, maybe not aware. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down to is suddenly... I realized I had fallen asleep in a very specific area of my life, and it was as if I suddenly woke up. So how did I wake up? You know, how did I suddenly realize that? How did that happen? Well, recently, we experienced an event in our lives, and it came out of nowhere. It kind of T-boned us. It was an unexpected conflict that just kind of occurred right there in the middle of our lives. And we couldn't do anything about it. We we couldn't get further into it and we couldn't get away from it. We yeah. couldn't run away. One of those things you're not looking for and that it comes and it finds you and you're like, oh, well, now we're in the middle of it. Yeah. And Jesus warned about us about that. He said, in this life, you will have trouble, right? And so this is just something that came looking for us. We didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't illegal. It wasn't bad. Again, nothing weird or crazy, but we could just sense that we were suddenly in a deep place of conflict that we didn't cause. Um, but we were we were in the middle of it, watching it take place. And so I was so um, personally just uh, disturbed by this conflict. I thought, man, nobody did anything to cause it. Nobody was being bad or rude or mean. 
But how did it happen? And so I spent the next 24 to 36 hours just praying like I've never prayed before and asking God, God, would you intervene in this conflict? Would you help us out in this moment? And you know what? God did. It wasn't instantaneous. It took a few hours, but he did. And things started to get better. But you know, it wasn't until um, several weeks or maybe even a month later uh, after this event that I started to realize, you know, kind of as I was doing an autopsy in my mind of, of what had happened in that event during that conflict, that this emotionally draining and this disturbing event that I suddenly started to realize that it was orchestrated by evil. And it's become much clearer to me now that that, that event, Don, that you and I experienced together that it was deep spiritual warfare, that evil had sent its demons to come wreak havoc in our lives. And I say that metaphorically, and I say that literally. Um, but it's so cool because our pastor recently be- began a, a message series on darkness. Oh, it was an amazing series, just reminding us that we are in a battle and that we need to be ready to fight and stand up against the evil one. And there are so many good scriptures and just an excellent teaching that it actually helped even um, open our eyes a little bit more. It was so timely. And let's be honest, in life, being married, you know, and trying to make a difference in the world is hard enough. And then when evil comes along and attacks us, and maybe we're not prepared for it, maybe we've fallen a little bit asleep to evil's, um, you know, strategies or what it's trying to do. And then it can, it can really knock us off our feet. So why would I think that this event was caused by evil? Well, it's brought back to the scripture in, in the New Testament, 1 Peter 5, 8, says, be alert and of sober mind. And that means awake, sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. And here's what it says. It gives us great advice. It says, resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. Mm, wow. And so this is telling us that there is a very real spiritual battle and there's an enemy. He's not asleep. He's not just kind of hanging out, eating something. It says he's prowling around like a roaring lion looking. So he's prowling and he's looking. But I love how this passage ends. It says, and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. And what does that mean? It means we don't have to fear evil. It means that we don't have to sit there and be T-boned constantly by evil or or prowled upon that we are victorious, that Jesus is our strength, that God is on our side. I like in the beginning of 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, be alert. And sometimes when we are just honestly not in that mode where we're our minds fully aware, we're not alert, then are we sleeping? I mean, if we're not alert, then what, you know, what are we doing with our mind at that moment? Where are we? Are we just not focusing on the right things? I mean, where is our focus at that point? Yeah. And is it possible that sometimes we're dozing off? We're not in a full sleep, but we're not as spiritually awake. And when I say spiritually awake, I don't mean, you know, that somebody has walked away from God or they're in darkness, but they're not awake to what the evil one is trying to do when he tries to attack Christians. So in John 10, 10, Jesus warned us about that. He said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come 
that they may have life and have it to the full. And that's what Jesus wants for your marriage, for your relationship with God, for your relationship with your children, for every aspect of your life, that you would have life and right. life to the full. And it's cool to know that Jesus is actually saying those words. He said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That what does that mean? That means that there is a thief. That's coming, trying to destroy our lives. And we need to be aware. We need to be alert. We need to be ready to fight against the evil one. Yeah, come straight from the mouth of Jesus. Well, this whole event, it, it caused me to wake up from like I said, a, a type of spiritual slumber, one that I would describe as not proactively fighting evil enough in my life in a spiritual warfare sense, the way that I should have been. And so again, I was allowing evil to kind of ambush me every now and then instead of actively and authoritatively going after every form of evil in my life and the kind of evil that it tries to sneak in and sabotage our marriage or sabotage, you know, the, the love that we have for Jesus and, and then just commanding it to stay away and to leave. So what I'm trying to say is God's just opened my eyes even more than he ever has before. And he's allowed me to see that not everything, but much of the struggles that we face as Christians are, you know, and we're trying to pursue God. It's not just life happening or something difficult. And, you know, a lot of times you say, well, that's life. And I would often think that to myself, but I now have a deeper understanding that there's a huge percentage of what we kind of just equate to the difficulties of life are actually spiritual attacks. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yep. They're launched against us because of our faith or because we haven't done what James said that we just read a little bit ago, resisted him enough and we haven't been standing solid enough in our faith. This is so relevant to just life and especially marriage because oftentimes things will happen in our marriage or between us and we instantly want to look at each other as the enemy. And the Bible even says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities of this dark world. Travis, you are not my enemy. You are my spouse. The enemy is the evil that's trying to pull us apart in our marriage, get us actually fighting against each other rather than fighting against the evil one. And so many times we just need to stop and be aware of, man, this is something more. This is something that we know that we have the power and the ability to fight against. And let's do it. Let's stand up together and fight against this. Yeah. And most of the time it's prayer. It's going to God. It is. Yep. It's, it's God's word. But I think it's instead of fighting each other, it's, it, you know, where we're facing each other and fighting each other, accusing each other in our marriage, it's going back to back and protecting each other and having each other's backs. So here are some things that I learned personally through this situation. And Don, feel free to chime in as well. Anything that you would want to add. But here's some things that I've just walked away away with. And I wanted to share them with you guys today. Here's the first one. Like it or not, everyone, everyone is in the middle of a spiritual war right now. Again, evil is fighting to destroy your marriage, your family, and your life. And if you're actually in a real battle, I've been thinking about this a lot, or you're in a war, the moment you wake up in the morning, if you're in a war, if you're a soldier, you've got to ask yourself, wait a second, 
Where is the enemy? Why? Because you don't want to die and you want to do a great job. You want to win the war. So in a real war, you don't lose sight of the enemy or lose track of the enemy because he's going to sneak up on you. He'll pounce on you. Uh, but soldiers in a real war want to live so they keep their eyes and their ears open to the tricks of the enemy. And that's what Jesus was kind of pointing to when he said in Matthew 26, 41, watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Here's what Jesus is getting at. The evil one can use your flesh. We all have weak flesh and temptation is often the kind of inroad, the platform that evil uses to kind of sneak into our lives. And so Jesus saying, hey, watch Hey friends, we'll get right back to the episode, but we just wanted to say if this podcast has encouraged you in any way, please consider sharing it on social media, leave us a review and be sure to subscribe. We'd also love to hear from you. So feel free to leave a comment and for more information about Travis or Don Rosinger, go to lovingthefight.com. And pray. As you were talking, I kept thinking of this song that I learned in Sunday school as a kid. And you, many of you maybe have heard this song, but it's just the I'm in the Lord's army and the, the word I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. <laughs> yes, sir. Like we are, ba- you know, we're soldiers in God's army and we are fighting in this enemy. And so as you were just sharing that, I'm like, man, that song kept kind of playing in my mind and I love it. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. Yeah. That's so funny. That's a blast from the past. (laughs) I remember shouting, yes, sir. (laughs) That's absolutely hilarious. Well, and we know the Bible says, don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And that's how we, a huge part of how we fight. Another thing that I feel like I've really learned from this situation and God's taught me is that sin isn't bad because it's bad. It's bad because it's spiritually dangerous and leads to spiritual bondage. It's bad because on the other side of that temptation, most often, not every time, but most often is an evil force that wants you to give in once and in a little small compromising Mm -hmm. sort of way. And then again, and then again, And then again, you see, it's not going after your soul all at one time. Evil is patient and it will take its time slowly creeping into your life so that eventually it can capture you, at least your attention, but potentially your soul. It's as simple as this. It's kind of like eating one donut is not bad for you, but if you eat a donut a day and it leads to gluttony and leads to extra weight, like then that's bad. That becomes bad. Yeah. But the one donut itself is just like almost like a doorway to a downward spiral. I couldn't agree more. I I heard a pastor recently talk about how when you eat a lot of junk food, you want to eat a lot more junk food. But when you eat a lot of healthy food, you actually start to like 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 kale or carrots or whatever. And I forget who said that, but that's so, so true. You know, uh, there's another profound thing that that just kind of hit me through this all as well, and that is this, that sin is a spiritual appetite suppressant. And it came through, I was listening to a message recently by Timothy Keller, and, and I believe he almost said that verbatim, but it hit me like a ton of bricks that we certainly want to fight against evil through prayer and asking God for help, through reading the Bible, t- that time alone with God, with other 
Christians that build us up, but but we want to say no to sin, right? Because Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So sin is a quick, cheap meal that becomes a replacement for the real spiritual food that God has for you. God wants to give you the bread of life. And so you will naturally want less of God the more you give into sin. In the same way, the more you fight evil and pursue God's righteousness, the more you'll want God's goodness in your life. Yes, absolutely. The more you get to know God, the more you want to know him because evil wants to use your flesh. So it might be smart to believe that when you give into sin, you're actually giving into evil. Yeah, that's a strange connection, but I think I think it's powerful. I think it's important to say, no, I don't want to give in to evil, even though this could just be a temptation, a, a weak moment in, in my flesh and evil has nothing to do. Like, I just don't even want to go down that road. No, I don't no, want to no. figure it yeah, out. Run I don't want to yep. yeah, go the other way. And, and I think another big piece, a huge walk away for me is this, is that offense is one of the biggest ways that evil tries to creep into a Christian's life. It's just something I've been realizing over and over again in the last month. It can be an offense against your spouse in your marriage, or it can be an offense against someone outside of your home. But when we allow offenses to live in our hearts, we keep a wall up that literally a wall that holds the love of God and a deep desire to serve others away from us as a person. And so an offense can cause us actually to become narcissistic. So if Satan can get you to walk around with offenses inside of you for the rest of your life, he's going to shut you down. Uh, he's going to shut down your joy, your love, the power of God in you. And he's actually going to keep you from being the person that God has called you to be. And so it's so important to get rid of the offense. You won't be able to complete the mission that God has put you on this planet to accomplish, and you'll just be too angry and frustrated. This weekend, I officiated a wedding, and the bride mentioned to the groom uh, during the premarital portion of uh, as we're getting ready for their wedding, and she said, we will never, ever, ever go to bed mad. And I just thought, you know, they're a younger couple and they're just the nicest couple. But I'm like, that's so cool that you already see that. Like, you're not going to have this offense against each other and just try to fall asleep. And even in Ephesians 4.26, it says, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. There was something wise in that in that young bride when she said that, because when we go to bed and we have this offense or this anger, we're actually giving the devil a foothold. We're, we're inviting him almost into our marriage and our life at that moment. We need to just stop and forgive and let that offense go. Completely, Don. Well, the reason why we're going through some of these uh, things that we're talking about is because part of my spiritual awakening was just opening my my eyes to these things that I needed to be reminded of. I don't want to forget these things. These are too important for my life, for my marriage, for my family. Here's the thing. I don't want to spend time alone with God because it's a good idea or just to be spiritually healthy. No, I want to let it come from a deep desire to know God, to love him and to stay alive spiritually. I mean, Jesus said, man will not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He was quoting the Old Testament, but think about bread. I love bread. I had a huge sandwich today, Don, and it, I, we had some fresh bread in the house. And what I realized is bread will keep you alive. Mm, It'll yep. fill you up. It's healthy. And it's it's got fiber. Yep. And that's what Jesus was connecting 
connecting the dots between bread and God's words, the words of God will keep you alive spiritually and will also allow you to grow spiritual muscle. We need spiritual muscle. We do, yes. For our lives, for our marriage. And the only way to get spiritual muscles, honestly, is to spend time with God in God's word, getting to know God and just spending time in prayer and having that intimacy, that relationship with God, keep building it. And doing it from desire, from love. The cool thing about God is that he allows us to use our free will to follow him. But sin pulls us into slavery. It pulls us into bondage. And so I think a big piece of it, and this we've done this in our home when our kids were growing up, but just demolishing any kind of idols that are in our lives. And even in myself personally, like I don't want my career or our money or anything else to become an idol or a distraction that's more important than God. And in John 5, 21, it says, dear children, keep yourselves from idols. And it's just this encouragement to watch your life so that you, we can do what James said, you know, standing firm in our faith. Last night we had a discussion, me and you were just talking about idols and just wanting to make sure that there wasn't anything in our life that shouldn't be. And we just decided to like, hey, what does it mean to have an idol? What does that look like? And honestly, anything that takes the place of God is an idol. So that can be people, that can be things, that can be your job, that can be just so many different things. But we want to make sure that there is nothing in that connection between us and God. We want it to be crystal clear. So man, we are just totally focused on God. Yeah. And the best part about that is then we get the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. We're focused on God. He gives us the good things. So guys, I wanted to get vulnerable. I just wanted to share this with you. God's opened my eyes even more and just becoming more aware of the devil's schemes and having that victory, that strength in our life that Jesus brings. So what about you? Are you actively fighting or are you just living life unknowingly becoming a casualty in a war between good and evil? Don't fall asleep. No, don't. Don't doze off. What do you need to do to become more spiritually awake? I am digging into yeah, the Bible. It's great. Poor I Don, it. I feel bad for you. Like I've been reading my Bible like crazy lately, listening to messages from other pastors, but, and just praying, like just spending time with Jesus. I honestly just think the first step is to recognize that we actually are in a battle. And if we want to fight and win, we have to recognize there is an enemy fighting against us. And man, let's 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 charge him. Let's let's go after him. Don't allow anything into our life that is separating us from God in any way, but then also making us so we can't fight and be strong in battle. Totally agree, Don. Well, hey, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, guys, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.